the conflict that happens when you have disinformation driving a divide with your employees or your customers, we need to think of that as a team-building challenge. And so there are things we can do to try to counter that that really are the things that we would do if other things were driving a divide internally. Welcome to the Balancing Act podcast. As you know, I'm Andy Tempe. Today, we've got the former president of Western Technical College and uh, current executive director of Leader Ethics Wisconsin. Uh, Lee, uh, this is Lee Rosh joining us, and he's also a fellow musician. Welcome to the show, Lee. <laughs> well, thank you for inviting me, Andy. Today, we're going to explore uh, the concept of ethics in business. And, uh, you know, Lee has, uh, has a really solid career here and has gone on uh, and is really deeply involved in, uh, in ethics from a political perspective. And I really can't think of anyone more capable than Lee to help us think this through. But before we get started, you know, it'd be great if you told our listeners your story. And with all of my guests, I ask that you pick one event in your life that was just a real key accelerant uh, for your career. So over to you. Okay. Well, I, uh, as you mentioned, I uh, retired from Western Technical College, uh, geez, almost five years ago now. Uh, and I worked there as president for 28 years. Uh, prior to that, I was a senior vice president at a, a large community college in the Chicago area. Uh, I had a small business. Uh, I actually worked in the Illinois correction system for about eight years. But if I were going to identify one thing, that really stood out for me that had an influence. It was really very early on in my career when I was working in corrections at a young, at a, 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 a juvenile uh, facility for young offenders. And I had a chance to work for a superintendent who was an outstanding role model for ethical leadership for me. Um, she was very capable and astute at bringing out solutions. People would come to her with problems and she would help them bring out their own solutions. She was a very good listener and she had a, uh, a, an excellent way of, of showing how to be uh, effective as a role model in working in the field that you're working in. That experience was really important for me at the beginning because all throughout my career, sometimes I worked with outstanding leaders and sometimes leaders who weren't so outstanding. <laughs> and I, I really uh, use that as a way of keeping keeping my thinking grounded and to shoot for that kind of uh, role modeling if I could, if it was any way possible. Yeah, it's, uh, as I interview more people, it's, you know, it's amazing, uh, but really not unexpected that there's that, you know, that one person, that one uh, kind of tipping point in uh, in, in your career that kind of sets you off on, uh, on, on the path. So that's, uh, that's, that's really cool, Lee. Uh, I, I'd like our listeners to learn more about what Leader Ethics Wisconsin is, is really all about. Can, can you clue us in on, on the mission there? Let me give you a, a personal story initially. I, when I retired from Western, I, uh, I was committed not to just jump into everything that comes along. And I spent uh, a good six months having coffee and a conversation with respected community leaders, people that I knew and respected their judgments and their opinions. And a lot of the discussion kept going back to concerns about 
our our democracy, uh, our style of leadership, and what the impact that was having on so many other fields. So um, a little over four years ago, we formed a nonprofit, nonpartisan organization called Leader Ethics Wisconsin. Uh, its mission is to promote ethical leadership among elected officials. And, uh, and in our definition, uh, we really focus on four principles. Uh, we feel that uh, elected officials, ethical leaders, should be truthful, transparent with public information, they should be unifiers rather than dividers, and to the best of their ability, they should work to represent their entire constituency, not just the simple majority that may vote for them. Now, in many ways, people say, well, that sounds like the kind of things any ethical leaders in any setting uh, should be displaying, and that's the truth. The interesting thing is, for, for many reasons, we are feeling that politics is different, and we shouldn't have the same expectations for leadership that we do in any other field. And our role as an organization is to try to help dispel that perception and to get people thinking about what we can accomplish in our democracy if we really do have ethical leaders among our elected officials. Is uh, leader ethics Wisconsin? Is leader ethics uh, something that is uh, is a franchise that you uh, that that you glommed onto, or is this something fresh and new just for Wisconsin that you might want to take outside of Wisconsin? Well, we did uh, do some research to see if there are other similar organizations and efforts going on on around the country. Actually, there's a lot of good things happening that are focusing on a better democracy, good practices, policy improvements, but there really wasn't anything focusing on ethical leadership. And so as a result of that, uh, we launched this organization recognizing that we were going to focus on a niche, but it's not the whole picture. We've got to focus on supporting other aspects of, of good government uh, and a healthy democracy as well. So uh, when we launched this, we were really one of a kind. Now, it's good to see that there are even more complementary organizations that are developing in Wisconsin, but in other places around the country, too. And in, in our opinion, uh, the challenges we're trying to take on, they're too big for any one project to address. We really need to find ways to uh, collaboratively partner with other organizations and try to work together and and have a better chance of accomplishing the change we're seeking. Well, I'm I'm excited to see how uh, how, how the concept uh, maybe can can grow outside uh, and and the influence that uh, that you have. Uh, so l let's uh, you know I, I'm an outsider to the to the political uh, arena. I'm. I, I don't want to run for office. You know, I spent a long time in uh, in, in a business leadership role, uh, but from from this outsider's point of view, it looks like trust in politicians is at or near all time lows, and you know that facts and truth are just easily twisted into false narratives that uh, to score political points, which. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why I stay out of uh, out of politics, because I, I just I can't imagine how my uh, personal North Star uh, would align with the with with kind of what you have to do in the in the political arena. So while 
while trust in political leaders uh, is has historically been a challenge, what from your vantage point makes today uh, any different? Is today really any different? Well, if you look at the long term in our uh, country's history, uh, we've had some significant peaks and valleys. Uh, uh, we were a divided country and uh, we had a civil war in, in the mid uh, 19th century and the, the Vietnam War area uh, at that time, we were very divided too. But we're, what we're experiencing now is different and it's very concerning because it's not focusing as much on policy differences. It's based on um, differences, political differences, even personal differences that are being uh, exploited by in some cases, it's related to social media. It's, it's certainly related to the style of political leaders and uh, and the political think tanks. But there's also some unsavory actors that are, are behind creating this d- divide as well. And so it's a significant concern. But what's going on with that divide is also a corresponding breakdown in trust, trust in major institutions, not just political institutions. Education, healthcare, business, basically media, just about any viable major institution in this country is being affected by this growing political divide. And so it's really important that we realize this dynamic and start to take some of the steps, starting at the local level, to try to counter that and build resilience to that to the best of our ability. Yeah. Yeah. So look. Let's transition from politics to to uh, businesses and institutions. You know, you led a, a, a large educational institution uh, that was kind of sandwiched in the middle. Uh, you and I have uh, I, I I was sandwiched in the middle from a business perspective, uh, leading a large organization within uh, even larger organization. You did the same for 28 years at Western, you know, with the Wisconsin state system kind of mm-hmm. sitting, uh, sitting over over the top of uh, of of what you were doing at Western. Um, you know, in in early in early February, I posted uh, a muse and tight uh, a muse on the AndrewTempty.com website entitled "My Word Is My Bond," and the primary premise there uh, was to prevent the severe mistreatment of facts that's occurring in the political sphere from leaking into businesses. Uh, I'd really like to hear your recommendations for both business and institutional leaders who are concerned about the degradation of, of, uh, of moral and ethical compasses uh, within their ranks and what that does to trust uh, in, inside organizations. Well, it's really uh, a profound question, and it's really, I think, the biggest challenge we may have in this next decade as business and institutional leaders. Um, this divide is affecting the way people are are trusting information on healthcare, on education. Uh, I mean, if you're in the airline industry, you are. This is we've never seen the kind of uh, frustration and hostility that is happening. Uh, on airplanes and in, in airports, it's affecting many, many organizations. And unfortunately, much of the information that's driving it, it's false information. It's misinformation. In fact, it is even disinformation that's designed to try to build a divide. So the challenge is, what do we do as leaders? I think the 
you you raise some really important points about uh, the uh, the strategies, any strategy that you can uh, embrace to try to build trust and confidence within the institution is the best place to start. Um, there are things you really have a limited impact ability to impact outside of the institution, but you could really make a difference if you work from the inside. I do think we need to think about this as a team building challenge. The conflict that happens when you have disinformation driving a divide with your employees or your customers, we need to think of that as a team building challenge. And so there are things we can do to try to counter that that really are the things that we would do if other things were driving divide internally and so we're not we shouldn't try to reinvent something but we should basically try to customize and focus on some of the dynamics for example i think you could use uh an element of media literacy as part of a team building uh, exercise so that people could be better able to recognize disinformation and misinformation and better judge those sources so that uh you would likely minimize some of that uh, divisiveness that might incur uh, internally. But I do think there is another aspect of this, and it comes down to the role of leadership. And you brought up the point about the role of a, a leader as a role model. A leader really needs to walk the talk. And so nothing can be more, I think, compelling and influencing within an organization if you're trying to build trust is if they believe and see the leader exemplifying that. Maybe the only challenge, the added challenge you have right now is that that leader also has to recognize that you, there could be things happening outside of the company or, or organization that also need to be addressed. And so it's an added challenge when, when you see trust being reduced in your industry and the impact that that's having on your ability within your industry to succeed. And so there may be times when those leaders need to speak out. And even though it may not be the most comfortable situation, speak out so that they can be weighing in on these important things that could be affecting not just their company or organization, but all the others in the industry as well. And so that the industry can start to band together and build some counterweight to try to um, build resilience to these factors. Yeah, I, you know, like I, I, I like to, uh, you know, we talk about political divides and uh, us as community members not seeing eye to eye. Uh, there's this, uh, this concept of, of me has just gotten, uh, out, in my opinion, uh, out of control. Things are much more about me than it is about us. And, uh, and the word freedom seems to be just thrown around uh, very, very loosely that I should be able to be free to do whatever I want, um, whenever I want. And that's not what this country was was founded on. Uh, I like to take folks back to the concept of liberty, which is freedom balanced with a community uh, responsibility. Uh, so, you know, I, I just wanted to use this moment in this episode to make a plug for, uh, hey, do a little research and uh, and learn what liberty uh, is and how it differs from freedom, uh, because that that word liberty uh, really helps 
helps balance, and it's the name of the podcast, balance the concept of freedom uh, with your responsibility to your community and and your and your fellow your you know your fellow community members that that look like you and that don't uh, that don't look like you. Um, so uh, I, I just needed to step on my soapbox there for, <laughs> for just a second. Um, you know, segueing on, we're both lifelong educators. Uh, and that's one thing I really appreciate uh, about you in your, in your previous, uh, you know, remarks about what business leaders can do. Uh, another one is to really uh, take their role as an educator uh, 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 very seriously. Not only what are the skills that we need to, uh, to do right now today uh, to get the job done, but the skills that the human skills that we need uh, to work um, uh, better together. And, uh, you know, ethics uh, education uh, is an important, uh, but not a very sexy line of, of inquiry. Uh, you know, ethics doesn't get as much attention as it needs in business, in my opinion. Most ethics training in business is, you know, uh, check the box. Uh, hey, everybody's got to take this same course and it's boring as heck. Uh, you know, what are your specific recommendations for secular programs or courses that you might recommend to leaders or individual contributors if they'd like to learn more about ethics and its application, uh, practical application in the business community? Well, this is really an important question because, uh, unfortunately, when you hear the term ethics or, or it's, it's being covered in an institutional setting, frequently it's you must follow the rules, you can't steal, you can't do things that are considered uh criminal or otherwise unethical. And unfortunately, it's overlooking some of the most important things, and that is the role of a leader as an effective role model. And um, and we need to really recognize that it's so important. The things that we do influence the lives of others. And we have a responsibility that comes with that. And so how can we be better able to think and reflect on that role so that it can have a better possible impact in, in our actions and the, the lives of others. So I think for me, I, I, I like to gravitate back to the, the concepts of servant leadership and, uh, and what that does to try to ask us that key question, what can I do to better serve the people in my organization, the customers, serve the world? And that constant internal reflection, I think, helps leaders to, to recognize that ethical leadership is very much tied to that key question. Um, I do think there's other sources of, of information uh, uh, on, on ethical leadership in business that are important. I, I've been studying um, our history and trying to find examples of ethical dilemmas that we've had in the past. And how did our country work through them, and and what did we learn from that? And uh, one of the books that I uh, would recommend would be The Politics Industry. It's written by um, Catherine Gale and Michael Porter. Porter uh, is with the Harvard Business School. But the thing is, they talk about the dilemma 
of today's politics. <clears throat> but then they go back and they talk about the politics in the mid to late parts of the of the 19th century. And it, things were pretty bad right then at that time. And, uh, you know, to, to become a, a candidate for a senator or Congress, you really just, you knew somebody, you paid off somebody. It led to the progressive era. And it led to a lot of change, legislative change, to try to counter that. We have primary elections today because of the changes that happened back then. But here's what Porter and, and Gail pointed out. Um, we're not, we have lost a lot of that, that integrity over the last century. And what we need to do is recognize that ethical practices, they aren't on autopilot. They need to be constantly reviewed and tuned up so that you can maintain those things. And so I think there's an important lesson there that, um, you know, it's, it's tough to get laws through, but uh, when you put all that work in and we let it just gradually drift away, what a tragedy that is. The same is true in our organizations. Yeah. Yeah. So th thank you for, uh, you know, as a finance guy, Michael Porter, and, you know, that's, he's the guy with the five forces, uh, the five industry forces. That's what, uh, that, that's the, my, uh, I'll have to see if it's the same Michael Porter. I, I, I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure it is. Yeah. So Lee, as, uh, as we draw our time to a close, uh, I, I ask most of my guests this, uh, but I think you're, 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 you're particularly, uh, an interesting, uh, person to ask what's one sage piece of advice you would give to an individual contributor, uh, you know, somebody coming right into, uh, their first job in business, their first job, uh, in an institution, uh, what, what, what do you say to that individual to, to help, to help them get a head start? Well, the world's complicated. Business is complicated. Uh, but I do think uh, someone who's just starting out can best gain and learn from uh, the experience of someone who is willing to be a mentor. And, you know, um, people are good leaders, typically good leaders, welcome that opportunity to be a mentor, even when they're busy. Uh, they can carve out 30 minutes over a cup of coffee and have a conversation about their thoughts and their experiences. Ethical leaders, good leaders started out in the same place and they were probably making mistakes and doing wrong things back then. And so they can really relate to how they have grown and changed. I, when I hear about people who are in a leadership challenge, the, the best people know that they are still learning. <laughs> And, and so when, when uh, a young person is getting exposed to that, I think that's the best thing they can know, that get on that learning journey and keep going, uh, and you'll become better and better over time. Lifelong learning, uh, find a mentor, uh, and make sure that when you're searching for a mentor and maybe you strike out the first uh, few times, uh, but you know, keep, uh, definitely keep going. Uh, and so th thank you so thank you so much for that we're before we before we exit uh you know i i talk i i talk a lot on andrewtempty.com uh, and my saturday morning news about multidimensionalism uh 
at the top of the show, I uh, I indicated that uh, that Lee is uh, is a fellow musician. Uh, it, if you could just let our listeners know uh, from your vantage point what the importance is to be more than just one thing uh, uh, through throughout your career, um, I, I think that that would help our listeners. Well, uh, as you know, I uh, I'm into music. Uh, I play in a rock and roll band. We do '60s music primarily. Uh, I also sing in a in a uh, doo-wop quartet. Uh, and, uh, for me, those things are so important. I, uh, we practice the band practice every week and on every Monday night, I look forward to that as a way to just put a lot of everything else aside, <laughs> just start thinking about words and notes and how it comes together. And, you know, I, it's so important. I mean, your, your focus is about balance. Well, for me, I, I think you have to have that kind of balance in your personal life. Uh, you can get on a treadmill as a professional, and that treadmill can keep going faster and faster, and next thing you know, uh, you're not in a good place. Uh, so if you've got something like I have, and I'm very fortunate to have, I'd say grab onto it and, and keep going with it. Yeah, yeah. Thank, thank, thank you for reinforcing that uh, for, for our listeners. Uh, so again, Thank you, uh, Lee Rosh, for joining us today and talking about and, you know, helping make ethics uh, a bit more of an approachable uh, subject, uh, uh, more practical uh, and uh, and certainly applicable in the in, in the world of business. So I'm Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast. You can find us at andrewtempty.com. Uh, and uh, go out and check out uh, Leader Ethics Wisconsin. Uh, it, I've, I find uh, it a very, uh, very interesting concept. I signed up and, uh, and in my own little way has helped are helping to support the cause and recommend that, uh, that you, do, you do the same. And if you're not uh, from Wisconsin, you know, pick something else that, uh, that you can support that's going to help bring us back towards center and, you know, rational, logical debate, uh, reasoned debate, uh, that, that's going to really help us move forward. So uh, you can find the podcast on Spotify and on, uh, on, on all the other uh, major services. So thank you. Thank you very much for joining today.